You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never in assistance in Rabbi Shemesh Israel 5783, 2022. This week's Parsha is Noach, and in our Parsha, the Torah describes the cataclysmic event of the flood which destroyed all of mankind, the terrible sins that they had committed caused their utter destruction, except for Noach and his family who were righteous, and they stayed there upon that ark for a year. And at the end of that time, he and all the animals were going to leave the ark. Pasik tells us that the end of 40 days, after 40 days, a certain point in time, so he opened up the window of the ark and he sent out the Orev, the raven. We're going to see that he sent out two different messengers. One was the raven and one was the Yonah, which in, in modern Hebrew, a Yonah is a pigeon, but classically we think about the Yonah as a dove, as a white, uh, white pigeon. And we can envision that uh, little piece of an olive branch in its mouth. Right? So this teaches that there was some kind of window, which he opened. He sent out the raven. This is something which teaches us a, a lesson which is similar to the Pasuk and Tehillim. Pasuk and Tehillim in Psalms chapter 105 verse 28 says like this. It says, He sent darkness and it became dark. What does this mean? Before Shem explain that the Arav, the, I'm sorry, the Arav, the black raven, it has a color which is dark and it signifies something which is dark. When you send out darkness, it causes darkness. Meaning, the the Ayrev, the raven, represents a force of Tumah. As we'll soon see, it's an animal which is not permitted to eat, and it's not an animal that's permitted to use as a korban, as a sacrifice. So it represents a certain level of Tumah. And what happens with the Ayrev, what happens with this darkness? Darkness results, meaning Noah wanted a clarification. He wanted to know, was it safe yet to leave the ark? Had the waters gone down far enough? There weren't proper windows on the ark to be able to see out of the ark. There was no deck on the ark, it seems. There was a window at the top of the ark that he could send out a bird, which is what he did. He sent out the raven, but the raven just kind of circled around and returned. He didn't really explore. So, the darkness of the raven, which represents its tumah, its impurity, maintained the darkness, the inability for Noah to know whether or not it was safe. Now, the Medrash tells us that there was a conversation, a very interesting conversation. Pasuk says that the raven went out and it came back. It went out and came back. What does it mean that the raven came out and came back, went out and came back? What is this language? So it's a, and of course this is the way of the Medrash, to teach us an idea, a concept, based on the words. As Medrash Yeshiva says, sometimes the Medrash is more literal, or more of a better explanation than a literal, simple understanding of the verse. Because the, the Basak uses a strange language, I'm unfortunately try to explain exactly what's unusual about the language, I'm not going to get into that. But it went out and it came back, what did it, what was it, saying, so to speak. What did the raven mean when he went out and came back? He didn't go very far. 
So Reb Yudin says, The raven was giving by its non-acquiescence, by its, not, its lack of willingness to actually fulfill Noah's command. Noah said, go out and bring me, be my messenger in order to find out if there's, if there's anything, if there's any way for us to get out of the ark. But it didn't really leave, it just stayed there. So what was it saying? It was saying something, it was saying, don't send me. He was saying, He said, there's so many animals on the ark. Why are you sending me out into the danger? Said the raven. You know, you have kosher animals that you have seven of each. I'm not a non-kosher animal. You only have two of me. There's only the, the male and the female. Why are you sending me out? And they weren't permitted to, to, uh, to procreate there on the ark. The whole world was being destroyed. It's not a time for procreation. So, there they were on the ark. The, this was the only raven that existed in the world. So the raven said to, to Noach, as it were, right? Sometimes you can speak without speaking, right? The, the raven says to Noach, why are you sending me? I don't understand. What did I do wrong? How will my, my species continue if you send me out? So the Medrash continues and explains, and we, we need to understand that the Medrash, when it says this type of thing, doesn't mean there's a literal conversation. But this is what Noach responded. And I'll explain how I understand this. Literally, it means, what does the world need you for? What's the problem if you get lost? What's the problem if you go out there and you never come back? We don't need you. You're not a kosher animal. You're not something that can be brought as a sacrifice. You're tame. You have a tumor. You have an impurity. Okay, so this, this is a very interesting conversation, and, and we're going to see the answer, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu responds to Noach, insofar as you can't get rid of this animal, right? HaKadosh Baruch Hu asked Noach to bring the animal onto the ark, so obviously there's a future purpose for this animal that's going to be important for mankind, for humanity, as we'll soon see. But just to understand the conversation here, if you don't have a spiritual purpose, that's what Noach is saying, we could explain it, you know, to bring it down to us. If you don't have a spiritual purpose, so then you're not, you don't have existence in the world. You don't have a, a reason to exist. You don't have an, an explanation for your existence. You need an explanation for your existence in order for you to continue to exist. You're a tummy animal. You're an impure animal. What do you have to show for yourself? Rebrechia says the name of Rabbi Abba Barkahana. Hashem actually says to Noach, look, accept his, accept the raven's taina. Don't, don't push away the raven and say that he has no purpose, because he does have a purpose. Because in the future, he's going to, the, the humanity, humanity, the entire mankind will be waiting for the thing that the, the orev is going to do, the raven is going to do. What is that talking about? Amalei Masai. Noach says, what are you talking about? When is this going to be? Very beautiful, interesting language of the Medrash. You're waiting for the, for the land to dry off. You're waiting for the land to dry off from all of the rain. But there's going to be a reverse situation. There's going to be somebody by the name of Eliyahu, not Elijah the prophet who, in his time, there's going to be a dry time, a time where there's no rain. And ultimately, he's going to bring about, through, <laughs> this is very interesting, 
he's good and and that dry time when there's a lack of rain is going to be a danger for all of humanity just like here the 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 rain was a danger for all of humanity in the times of Elio and of Elijah the prophet the the drought is going to be a danger for all of humanity now humankind in order to survive will need Elio Anavi Elijah the prophet to live Basik tells us what does it have to do with the raven the ravens are the ones that are going to bring him bread Elijah the prophet will continue to live where will he get food from despite the famine despite the the, the lack of the drought the lack of uh, rain they brought him bread and they brought him meat in the morning and they brought him bread and meat in the evening so the raven is essential for the survival of mankind we're going to need him later on and I want to point out here so there is a question of Noah where is your spiritual connection where is your spiritual you know I want you to be my messenger we'll see him for, very soon because this is really the, the main drive of what I like to bring home as far as what is a messenger what is the concept of a messenger what is the job that the raven was being asked to do what was he saying when it came to his response to, to not doing the job and what was Noah saying that if you're not going to do this job you better be a spiritual being you better have some kind of connection to spirituality some kind of connection to, to, to Tahara you're just a tummy animal and the response of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is that he does have the, the raven does have uh, a role to play in the survival of humanity interesting like the survival of humanity we're talking about Elio Anovi right he's going to survive but because of the drought, Eliyahu Navi was holding back the rain because the Jewish people at that time were not fulfilling the word of God. They were denying God's existence. They were worshiping idols. They were serving the Baal, which was a terrible form of idolatry. Eliyahu had said, the Jewish people, if they're not serving Hashem, if they're attaching themselves to a non-source of life, which is an idolatry, which is Tumah, which is impurity. So then, they forfeit their existence, there's going to be a drought. That was his decree. What would mitigate that issue? What would take away that problem? What would resolve the issue? Would be when the Jewish people would repent. When the Jewish people would hear that still small voice of God inside of them. Listen to the message of the messenger. The message of the messenger is we want to live. We want to have a connection to God. We want to have a spiritual foundation. We want to attach ourselves to the root of life, to the Mayim Chaim, to the waters of life, which is represented by Hashem. Now, what's interesting here is Okay, this point I actually don't want to get involved in, but in this point I do. This is very interesting. Where were they getting? Where were the ravens getting the bread and the, the meat for Elio and Navi to be able to eat and to survive? They were getting it from the table of Yehoshaphat, King Yehoshaphat, who was the tzaddik. There was a there was a king over the kingdom of of Judah. That was Yehoshaphat, who was a great tzaddik, who was a righteous king. And there was a king over the northern kingdom of the Jewish people. The, the the Israel Israel was called the ten tribes. That was King Ahav. And King Ahav was the one trying to kill Eliyahu Navi, trying to kill Elijah the prophet. See those verses over there in Malachim Aleph.
in First Kings chapter 17, Ayin Sham. But what's very interesting is the Medrash goes out of its way to tell us that the ravens were bringing the bread and the meat from Yehoshaphat's table. Now what is the concept? What is the teaching of that? And I think, as I understand it, the Medrash is telling us that what gave existence to Elio, what sustained him, it was the tzitkus, it was the righteousness of somebody, a king like Yehoshaphat. That's where his bread would come from. And it's pointed out here in the Mephorshim that he didn't want, he wouldn't have wanted bread from Ahav's table. He wouldn't have wanted bread and meat from the table of the evil king Ahav. Why? Who does he care where the bread comes from? It's food. It's kosher too. Ahav was also, despite his idolatry, but he, they still ate kosher. Elijah said to them, even they were, they were on both sides of the fence. They were serving Hashem, but at the same time they were serving the Baal. So what was the problem? The answer is that it really matters where the food comes from. It matters that it comes from the table of Yehoshaphat, who was a tzaddik, who was a righteous king, because he represented the will of Hashem. And that's really at the core of what a messenger is. And there's another piece over here I'm going to read to you shortly about the Yonah, about the pigeon, or the, the dove, the white dove. We think of it as a white dove, but maybe that's based on this measure, because here you have the black versus the white. We'll, we'll see more about that in a moment. But here at its essence, the Medrash is teaching us a profound lesson. It's teaching us about what it means to be a messenger, and what it means to have key, and what it means to have existence, and how a person can forfeit their existence, and how a person can gain back their existence. The raven says, I don't want to be a messenger, Noah. I'm afraid that I'm going to die, and that my, that my, my line, my species, will cease to exist. Noah says, look, I want you to understand, what is the definition of having kium, of having existence, of, of not being left to extinct, extinction? What prevents extinction is your attachment to the word of the tzaddik. The tzaddik, the righteous individual, the Noah, the one who survived, why did he survive? He survived because of his tzitkos, because of his righteousness, because of his connection to God, because of his willingness to do God's will. You, the raven, want to have existence, but you're making a mistake, because I sent you as a messenger. There's no greater guarantee of your existence than being a messenger of a tzaddik. You're afraid that I'm sending you, and you will lose your existence, but I want you to know, by not following my by not fulfilling that which the agency that I'm giving to you. So you are forfeiting your existence. That's what Noach was saying. He was saying, do the shlichus do, do the or forfeit your existence. Otherwise, you have no, you, there's no reason for you to have a kiyum if not for the fact that you're doing as I say. Because you don't have any spiritual, uh, you don't have anything spiritual to give to the world. You can't be eaten. And being eaten means that you become part of the person who's a spiritual person. You can't be eaten. You can't be sacrificed and elevated through through an offering to Hashem. So what is your kiyum? So Hashem tells Noah, as it were, and t- teaches us that He does have a kiyum. Because why? Because one day, He's going to save the world by saving the tzaddik, by saving Elio and Elijah the prophet. He's going to bring bread and meat to Elijah the prophet because when Elio and Novi is going to live, it's not just, it is true that Eliyahu Anovi's life means that the Jewish people will be chastened, they will be given rebuke, and they will be told to get back on the straight and narrow, on the correct path, right? But Eliyahu Anovi, the, the tzaddik himself, his life allows everyone else to live. 
As long as the tzaddik is alive, everyone else has a chance. Just as we see with Noach, because he lives, all of humanity continued to live. And it was the same thing with Elio and Novi, but how does he live? That's, that's the essence of the point here. When he is a messenger, the tzaddik lives because he is a messenger. He is the spokesman for God. His whole life bespeaks commitment to Hashem, commitment to Torah, commitment to doing what's right. When the Arif, when the Arif, when the raven gives bread and meat to Elio Anavi, it justifies its existence. You are part of the plan of Hashem. You are part of the goodness which is reflected in Tzidkus, in the Tzaddik, in the Righteous One, in the Navi, in the Prophet Elijah. Now I'd like to come to the next little piece in the Medrash, which is a very small piece, but based on what we're saying, we have a very deep understanding of what the Medrash is teaching us. Vaishalach HaSayayna. Pasuk says in chapter 8, verses 8 and 9, it says, Noach, in the end, so the raven didn't go. Instead he sends a Yonah. And a Yonah, a pigeon, or a dove, so we understand it represents purity, it's white, it represents the Jewish people, is referred to Yonasi, Tamasi, my, my perfect dove, the Jewish people are the perfect dove of Hashem. He sends out this dove, the dove does go on its mission, it does fulfill its mission, it flies off from the Teva, from the Ark. The Yoyna, the Yoyna, the dove does not find a place to rest. And so it returns. It returns back to the ark, and then it's sent out again a few days later. And in the end, it builds its nest, etc. And, and Yonan, I'm sorry, Noach knows that it's now time for him and his family and all of the animals to go off of the ark, that it's safe. What is the implication of the verse? Why did the Yonah come back? Why did the dove come back? Excuse me, because he couldn't find a place to rest. Now the implication is, and we're going to use this as a muscle for the Jewish people, the implication is that if it would have found a place to rest, as it later did, it would not have returned. The Pasuk tells us in Eicha, that the Jewish people sit amongst the nations of the world, but they do not find a place to rest. Says the Medrash, a frightening thing. If the Jewish people find a place to rest in Chutzlaretz, if they find a place to rest outside of Israel, amongst the nations of the world, amongst the exiles, they would not return. They would not return. Just like the Yonah only returned because it didn't find a place to rest. The Jewish people who are nimshalim Yaina, who are compared to a dove, also, if they find a place to rest, they don't return. With the Chavasa, you find a similar idea in, in, in Dvorim, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 65. Pasuk says in the curses that when the Jewish people are exiled, they will never have that quiet they will never have a place to rest. Measure says a frightening thing. And this is a message for all of us. And we need to understand why it's true. When we find ourselves comfortable 
in Gullus, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. This is a dangerous thing. The Medrash tells us an explanation of the years and years of wandering of the Jewish people for 2,000 years, actually, to be precise, 1,953 years, that we have been in Gullus, that we have traversed the, the, the European continent, the African continent, the entire world, Russia, America. Why have we been sent from one place to another? Why have we been expelled? Why have we been killed? What's going on? And the answer the Pasuk is saying is because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to return. If we get stuck somewhere, if we find a place to rest, then we don't return. Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. Now what's the explanation of this? Why is this true? What's the idea? But I think it's very simple based on what we said before. The idea is very simple because what is our goal? Just as we saw by the Arif, by the raven, in order for it to have any kind of spiritual existence, it needed to be a messenger. It needed to be aligned with the message of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It needed to be on the mission of godliness, bringing spirituality into the world. Now, where is the main place that the Jewish people are supposed to be bringing spirituality into the world? Eretz Yisrael, it's the land of Israel. Now, how do I know that? Because Chazal say, in many different ways they say the same concept, but they say, which means that whoever lives outside of Israel, it's as if they don't have a God. Now, of course, you can be a religious person, you can be a from person, you can be a Tyra person, living outside of Eretz Yisrael. But when Chazal say this, what they're saying is the main place for Torah living, the main place where the Jew belongs, is in the land of Israel. This is where we fulfill our purpose. This is where we fulfill our mission to be a light unto the nations. It's not when we're in the nations. Why? Because we run the, a very terrible risk of losing our mission. The mission is accomplished when we are all together in Eretz Yisrael. And that is our focus on returning back to Eretz Yisrael. As has been, as we see every single day in our tefillah, Tashuv. We talk about HaKadosh Baruch Hu returning to Eretz Yisrael, but we also are asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the Kibbutz Goliath, bring us back to Eretz Yisrael. We want to be returned to Eretz Yisrael. Why? Because that's the place where we can have a kingdom of from the line of David, David HaMelech. That's the place where we can fulfill the Torah properly. This is the place where we are able to be who we're meant to be, where our national destiny is ensured when we lose sight of our mission when we lose sight of the fact that we are messengers of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we were sent away from the Teva so to speak HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends us off like a dove the perfect dove but we're not supposed to find a place of Manoach we're not supposed to find a place to rest in Chutzlar it's outside of the land of Israel we are supposed to never feel that, that we're safe there we're supposed to always feel like it's, it's just not this is not where we belong we're supposed to feel that way. Why? Because we have a message. We have a mission. And our mission requires us to come back to the one who sent us on this mission, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. God sent us on the mission, and now it's time to come back. As Baruch Hashem, over 7 million Jews who live in Eretz Yisrael are fulfilling that aspect of Kiyum, the Kiyum of Kibbutz Goliath, bringing us back to Eretz Yisrael. It's every single person's Acharayas responsibility that our aim is to return to Eretz Yisrael. That our heart is in Eretz Yisrael. That we not allow the lure 
of the Umas Ha'elam, to let us forget that black raven shouldn't cause us to think that it's okay to have not a connection to to, to Kodesh Baruch Hu, and not a connection to a tzaddik, not a connection to somebody who is going to raise us up and be spiritual. We must be careful of that danger, and that danger exists as long as we find and believe that the Berlins of the world have replaced Jerusalem, heaven forbid, and the Tehrans of the world, which clearly don't replace Yerushalayim. But any place other than Eretz Yisrael is not where we belong. And when we think that we belong there, that's a grave mistake. And we risk, we run the risk of what the Medrash says, that if we don't have in mind that we want to come back, if we aren't clear on where we belong, we run the risk of not coming back. It's a scary thought, but it's important to know. It's important to think about. It's important to recognize where are we headed? Where is the Jewish people's future? Where do we belong? This Medrash teaches us that we need to be thinking of returning today. And if we're not yet thinking, we need to start thinking about it. We need to recognize that the thought that we are where we belong when we're outside of Israel is a grave error. We need to recognize that indeed we want to be messengers of HaKadosh Baruch. We want to be the proper messenger. But remember, every messenger has to come back to the one who sent him. Has to come back and return to the place where he sent from in order to recognize and, and express properly that the place that we came from is where we belong. That is our source. That Sadiq recognizes that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the source. The Yoyna recognized that Yono, I'm sorry, the, y- the Yoyna, the dove recognized that Noach was his messenger and that's why he returned. And so to the Jewish people, wherever they are, need to be focused and remembering that we need to return. So I want to bless you and ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us. That we should understand the message of the raven and the dove. That we should indeed be like the, the dove in the, in the fact of, in the concept of returning. But we should also be like the raven who despite his darkness recognizes that its cume, its existence continues because of its attachment to truth, its attachment to the tzaddik, it's helping the righteous one to have continued existence. Hashem should help us to be connected back to the table where the bread and the meat came from, the, the table of Yehoshaphat, the king of the Jewish people. We should all return here with Mashiach. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos.